Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology I am teaching my co-host and little sister Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you our lovely listeners with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we're here. So I've just noticed that you've got two packets of poppets and fruit pastels up there. Yeah, they're from the for cinema. One of them packets is empty for the step thing. Greedy pig. No, there is a packet in the fridge. Do you want oh, to okay. The fridge? Okay, episode 60. Oxidative phosphorylation or electron transfer chain, which is the main section of that. Sounds and yawn. It is the last stage of respiration. Okay. Let me just quickly go through what we're going to be discussing today. So respiration produces ATP every single time. Aerobic respiration is in such detail as to show that the synthesis of ATP by oxidative phosphorylation is associated with the transfer of electrons down the electron transfer chain and passage of protons across the inner mitochondrial membranes and is catalyzed by ATP synthase embedded in these membranes and chemoosmotic theory. What do we know about respiration so far? We've learned three bits. Yeah. Glycolysis. We learned the link reaction and then we did Krebs cycle. Okay, good. So glycolysis takes place in the cytoplasm of the cell. And the other two take place in mitochondria. Inside the mitochondria, specifically in the matrix. Okay, so in that liquid in the middle. The products of glycolysis, what's the main product that goes into the next stage? Pyruvate. Pyruvate. And then the pyruvate goes into the link reaction. At the end of the link reaction, we've got... Coenzyme... Acetyl... Acetyl coenzyme A. That's right. Acetyl coenzyme A goes into the Krebs cycle. What is the point of the Krebs cycle? To regenerate the thing that you go in... Yeah. That so, mix with it. Yeah, so to regenerate the four-carbon oxaloacetate, but also... What's going to be going into the next stage? What are we carrying into oxidative phosphorylation? Don't remember. So it's all the reduced NADs and oh. FADs. Oh, okay. Okay. Very quickly, how many ATP molecules have been made so far? Six. Four. Four. <laughs> two in glycolysis. So we make four, but it's net two because we use two. Mm-hmm. And then two... In two runs right. of the Krebs cycle. So remember, okay, yeah, one, two runs. one glucose makes two pyruvate, two runs of the link reaction with one for each pyruvate, two acetyl coenzyme A at the end of the two link reactions, therefore two runs of the Krebs cycle from one glucose. There is one ATP made per Krebs cycle, so two if you run it twice, which you have to for each glucose. Oxidative phosphorylation is the last stage and it takes place actually now on the Chris day. So the folds of the inner membrane of the mitochondria, it takes place on there. And there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that in a minute. All of the reduced NAD and the couple of reduced FADs that have been made in all the previous three stages are now going to be used to make ATP in oxidative phosphorylation. Altogether, if you add up how many we've made... In all the previous stages, we've made 10 reduced NADs 
Oh, that's a lot. And two reduced... Two reduced FADs, that's right. Let's start by looking at a diagram. There will be a resource on teachmescience.co.uk for you to look at a similar diagram to what Sarah is looking at here. As you can see, can you see the bilayer? Yes. That's the membrane, okay? What I want you to remember, you think about the mitochondria, and you've got the outer membrane, which goes all the way around the outside, and then you've got an inner membrane that then folds up. So the blue bit is the matrix. You've got the inner membrane, actual membrane itself, and then the bit at the top is the intermembrane space. So it's the space between the two membranes. Okay. All of the reduced NADs and FADs are now going to be oxidised. Oxidation is loss. That was in the first episode. Yeah. So what do they lose? What did they gain to become reduced? Hydrogen. So what are they now going to lose? Hydrogen. They're going to release the hydrogens. So they're going to release the hydrogens and each hydrogen atom that is released is going to split. And it's because they're going to become a H plus and an electron. So hydrogen atoms are made up of very little, okay? It's basically like one proton in a nucleus and, and electron. an electron on the shell. They're going to split into an electron and then just a proton because that's all it's really made of. H plus is the proton and then you've got your electron, which is represented in the diagram as E minus. Each of the electrons are going to move down an electron transfer chain. So what you've got in the membrane, in your picture, one's green, one's orange, one's like ready, yeah? Brown. Ready brown. They are electron carriers. Electrons get released from the hydrogen and they are passed to the first electron carrier. They then move across from carrier to carrier. So what you've got here is a series of redox reactions because when they gain the electron and they are reduced and then when they lose the electron and it gets passed to the next one they get oxidized and the next one gets reduced and then when it loses that and it gets passed to the next one that gets oxidized and the next one gets reduced as they get passed from carrier to carrier they lose energy so the electron goes to the first carrier and reduces it then it gets passed to the next one and so on and so on and as it passes down the electron transfer chain from carrier to carrier, energy is being lost. That energy is now going to be used to move all of those protons that have built up in the matrix into the mitochondrial space, the intermembrane space. Each of the hydrogens are now going to move through the electron carriers into the space. So what happens there now is, so they get pumped through, they call it a pump, okay? All that energy is used to move all them protons through, pump them into the from the matrix into the intermembrane space. And we're going to build up protons now in that space. So the concentration goes up. So we now got what we call an electrochemical gradient. It's higher in that space than it is in the matrix. So we've got a gradient. We've got a difference. And what happens when we've got a difference? What happens when we have a gradient? It likes to even out. They like to even out. So they like to move back, basically. They mm-hmm. want to move back. And they move back through ATP synthase, which is also in the membrane, an enzyme that's in the membrane. And they move through there. So they go back to the matrix via the ATP synthase. That drives the production of ATP. So the protons moving back through the ATP synthase into the matrix provides enough energy to make ATP from ADP and a single phosphate. 
Now remember, we've now got protons and electrons and oxygen from the blood that we've breathed in. They all combine together to form, so hydrogen and oxygen combining together, what does that form? Water. Water. Because, and this is really important, oxygen acts or is referred to as the terminal or the final electron acceptor. So when the electrons are bouncing from one carrier to the next, when they finish doing that, they combine with oxygen at the end. If there is no oxygen... You die. <laughs> you do. But if there is no oxygen, those electrons will not transfer along that chain. Okay. So How do they know? Well, it's not that they don't know, and we'll talk more about this in the next episode. It's just that the whole thing grinds to a halt. Oh, because okay. if there's no oxygen to accept all the uh, electrons when they finished in the chain down the electron carriers, then that means that the reduced NADs and FAD won't release their hydrogen. So the NAD and the FAD are all currently holding on to hydrogen. So there's no oh, so free... Oh, so like a pile of electrons in carrier one then? No. So there's no FADs and NADs to go back to the previous stages and pick up more hydrogen. They're all taken up, as it were. So the whole thing grinds to a halt. And the cell dies. Yeah, unless you've got enough substances or substrates to use instead, or you can do anaerobic respiration. You know when you die, how long do your cells live for? It completely depends on... Because, like, you could have certain things that is like, killing your cells as you're going along, and then it just gets to a point where your organs fail, and then that, that can kill you. Depends on what is killing you, or what it is that's causing okay. your death. If I get shot in the head, how long does it take for a skin cell on my hand to die? Like seconds. Seconds? Yeah. Oh my God. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> okay. We've got our membrane, there are electron carriers in it, and an ATP synthase. I mean, obviously that diagram shows three electron carriers. It's not just going to be three electron carriers and okay. one ATP synthase. It's going to be lots. lots of those in the membrane at all at different points. Our FAD, reduced FADs and reduced NADs arrive at a crystal. What happens? They lose a the hydrogen. They lose their hydrogen. Right, what happens to the hydrogen? It goes into the intermembranial space. Right, we've missed a point. It loses missed, an electron. We've missed some... Yeah, so the hydrogen splits, loses an electron, and then you're left with a proton. So what happens to the electron? So the proton stays in the matrix for now. Um, what happens the to the electron? The electron goes into carrier A. Goes to the first carrier that it comes to, and then what? It loses energy. It loses energy as it moves moves down to the next carrier. The next That's one. exactly. So it moves down the electron transfer chain. The carriers are transferring the electrons along one to the next to the next to the next. And it, as you said, loses energy. Mm -hmm. That energy is now used to push the hydrogens. Yep, to push the protons, the H pluses, into the ATP synthase. No, through to the intermembrane space okay before it go they go oh, through so they're not the, even in there yet no so all the energy that's lost is used now to drive those through Out to the intermembrane inter space, space where we're now going to have a high concentration of them so now they're going to get pushed into the synthase so now they're going to go back to the matrix through the atp synthase okay as that happens we make atp atp what happens then to the electrons they go to the oxygens. They go to the oxygens and combine also with the H pluses, the protons that to are coming make water. through. And we make water. One of the very first things we talked about was the GCSE 
word equation for respiration, glucose plus oxygen. So obviously we start the whole thing with glucose. That's the first substrate we use in the beginning of glycolysis. Mm -hmm. And this is now where the oxygen comes in. So the oxygen is your final electron, except at the very, very end of the whole process. And then we had arrow, carbon dioxide, water, energy. So the energy is all the ATPs we're making. The water is what we've just made there with the combination of protons, electrons and oxygen. And then carbon dioxide we've made molecules of as we've gone through the process. So something that at GCSE is so simple, isn't it? A little word equation. Glucose plus oxygen. Oh, energy. Yeah. When you actually flesh it out and look at what you're really doing. And even this, what we're talking about here, is a very... Like basic version of it's what's actually happening. Even a, a basic version of what it really is. You've learnt more than at GCSE. A hell of a lot more than at GCSE. Mm-hmm. Right. The last thing that we want to talk about here is how many ATP molecules we make per glucose molecule. Each reduced NAD results in 2.5 ATP molecules. Each reduced FAD makes 1.5 ATP molecules. Are you getting a little bit of a pen? She's getting a pen. She's going to write this down, but we will talk about it. Okay, so. Continue. Right. Let's look at each stage. So, how many reduced NAD did we make in glycolysis? I don't remember. Uh, Two? Two. So, we made two reduced NAD in glycolysis. Yep. How many in the link reaction? In the link reaction, one. One. But what do we know about the link reaction? Now that you've finished twice, it, two. <laughs> <laughs> She's writing while looking at me. Very, very, very disturbing. No, it looks very intelligent. What you're doing. <laughs> okay, how many in the Krebs cycle? Are just NADs or FADs as well? Just NADs. Three. Three. How many runs of the Krebs cycle? Two. Two. So six altogether. How many reduced FADs? Remember, they, that's only produced in the Krebs cycle. One. One per Krebs cycle. Two. So two altogether. Do you want to add that? How many you got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. She's just putting smiley faces on her work. Okay, so how many have we got? Uh, of the NADs. Yep. Ten. So ten NADs. Well done. Yep. And then so that would be two FADs. So two FADs. So remember, that would be ten Reduced NADs mm-hmm. times to 2.5. Hang on, let me just get my calculator up. Um, 25 NADs. Okay. That's 1.5. Um, so 2 FADs times 1.5. That's 3. So add them together. 25, 26, 28. 28. Okay. Eighty Right. Now, is that all we're going to make per glucose? We made more, yeah. Yeah, how many? Three. Two Krebs cycles. Six. Four. Four. But we already made four already in the process. So, so that's 32, 32 ATPs. Just to summarise what Sarah has just been calculating, throughout one run, so from one glucose molecule, one run of every step of respiration, you make 10 NADs and you make two FADs. Each reduced NAD is worth 2.5 ATPs and each 
produced, FAD is worth 1.5. So if you do the relevant calculation, so 10 times 2.5. And add the 4 at the end. And 2 times 1.5. And then you add the 2 that we already made, 2 in glycolysis and 2 in both Krebs cycle runs. You get runs. 32. You get 32. ATPs. Exactly. 32 ATP molecules per one molecule of glucose. Boom. That's respiration. That's it. We're finished. Well, that's aerobic respiration. So that's when we've got oxygen and everything's running smoothly. Oh, okay. Next episode, we will look at anaerobic respiration. So when there is no oxygen. Also, other substrates you can use in your body besides glucose to make energy. Okay. okay desperate times then. Well, yeah. Like like when you're on a diet and you're... There's need, no oxygen because you're on a diet. No. No, I meant like... For the alternative respiratory substrates, like okay. the other things you can use besides glucose, when you limit your calorie intake... Fat. You you use fat. So you, there is a way that fat can enter the respiratory process to make energy. And mm-hmm. there's a way that protein can as well. And then obviously, but the main focus of the episode will be what happens when there is a lack of oxygen and you can still make energy. Oh, can I just make a point because I haven't actually mentioned it. And I don't want there to be any confusion. Chemiosmosis was something that I mentioned at the start. Now, we know osmosis as being the movement of water molecules from high water potential to a low water potential. So where there's lots of water to where there's less water. The process of chemiosmosis is when the protons move from a high concentration in the intermembrane space to a low concentration in the matrix through the ATP synthase. That is chemiosmosis. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that movement that drives that ATP production through the ATP synthase from high to low gradient. So should we do the exam questions? Mm-hmm. Okay. In respiration, in cells, where exactly is the electron transfer chain found? Into mitochondrial membrane. On the mitochondrial membrane, yeah. Or you could say Christe. Question two is three marks. Describe the part played by the inner membrane of the mitochondria in producing ATP. So the FAD and the NAD takes it to it. What's actually in the membrane itself? Carriers. What do the carriers do? They take... Stay with us. We'll be right back. A Little Bit De Todo is a podcast about a little bit of everything for curious minds of all ages. I'm Christina, and you can tune in every weekday to learn about things like Cinco de Mayo, Chihuahuas, and volcanoes in Latin America. Episodes are bite-sized, 10 minutes long or less, and always Latin American related. Subscribe and follow A Little Bit De Todo podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The hydrogen NADs. Break them up. Yeah, so the electrons that come from... The hydrogens that's come from the NAD or FAD. And they take the electrons through the carrier chain. Right. So one of the first marks is the electrons are transferred down the chain. And they use the energy to push the hydrogen out into the inner intermembranal space. Right. Good. So you've got the idea that energy is being lost and that that energy is used to provide the H pluses or the protons through the carriers into that intermembrane space. Good. And then what happens? He makes water. But talk about how the membrane is involved in that. So the protons are now in the intermembrane space. Yeah. Where do they go now? Oh, they go into the ATP synthase. They go through the ATP synthase, brilliant, back through the membrane, back into the matrix. 
and what does that do makes atp that makes atp so there you go they are your marking points oh, okay so that was three marks one mark for electrons transferred down the electron transfer chain one mark for saying that the, that provides energy to take protons or h pluses into the space between the membranes the next mark is for saying protons or h pluses are then pushed back or passed back or forced back through the membrane through the atp synthase into the matrix and then the final way of getting your three marks is by saying that that energy is then used to combine ATP and a phosphate to make ATP or just to produce ATP. A third question and last question, three marks. Explain why oxygen is needed for the production of ATP on the Chris day of the mitochondrion. The oxygen is the last catcher or something. Right, you can talk about the oxygen being the last <laughs> electron acceptor. So if they weren't there, they wouldn't move down the chain. It's important that the oxygen's there because if the oxygen isn't there, the electrons won't move down the chain, releasing energy to drive the protons through the membrane yeah. to then go back through the ATP synthase to make ATP. The marking points are ATP formed as electrons pass along the chain, one mark. Second mark, oxygen is the terminal electron acceptor or accepts the electrons from the electron transfer chain. Electrons cannot pass electron transport chain if there's no oxygen to accept them. And then the last marking point, it forms water or accepts the H plus from reduced NAD, FAD or oxidizes the reduced NAD, mm -hmm. FAD. What's good now is that we've released the NAD, FAD to go back to the previous stages to pick up more hydrogens. Oxidative phosphorylation takes place in the day of the mitochondria. In the inner mitochondrial membrane, there are a series of electron carriers. In the previous three stages of respiration, 10 reduced NAD and 2 reduced FAD molecules were produced from one glucose molecule. These reduced coenzymes will now become oxidised at the electron carriers, releasing the hydrogen atoms. These will now split into H+, one proton, and an electron. Through a series of redox reactions, these electrons will now move from one electron carrier to the next, down the electron transfer chain. As the electrons move from carrier to carrier, they lose energy. This energy is now used to pump the protons H+, from the matrix into the intermembrane space, between the inner and outer mitochondrial membrane. This creates an electrochemical gradient as there is now a higher concentration of protons in that space. This causes a process called chemiosmosis to occur, whereby the protons move down the gradient from high in the intermembrane space to low in the matrix via the ATP synthase. This movement drives the synthesis of ATP from ADP, an inorganic phosphate. In the matrix, these protons, the electrons, from the electron transfer chain and the oxygen from the blood combine to form water. Oxygen is therefore called the final electron acceptor. For each reduced NAD, 2.5 ATP molecules are produced. And for each reduced FAD, 1.5 ATP molecules are produced. Therefore, adding the two ATP molecules made in glycolysis and the two made in each round of the Krebs cycle, 32 molecules of ATP are made in respiration from one molecule of glucose. So the wider reading is still The Mitochondria and the Future of Medicine, which is a book by Lee No.
So that is Lee, L-E-E, no, K-N-O-W. And hopefully you give that a go because that really does give a lot of context to the importance of this process. And if that process is not happening very easily or properly or whatever, what that can lead to in terms of diseases and, and ageing and that sort of thing. So the importance of the mitochondria in your life. So I forgot to do, got any takeaways? Oh, yes, my takeaways. <clears throat> my first takeaway is that from one glucose Molecule. Molecule, you make 32 ATPs. Yes. My second one is hydrogen breaks apart and it loses an electron and keeps the proton, so it's a H+. And the electron goes through the carriers and it releases energy. Mm-hmm. That's the second, that's it, that's the second one. The third one is the hydrogen plus gets pushed out into the intermembranal space and the electrons become water. And the hydrogen plus goes through the ATP synthesis and makes energy. Well done. I'm closing the book on that. Releases energy, can I just add in there? Not makes energy, don't say that. For God's sake. <laughs> I'm getting sunburnt here. I do, what? I can feel it on my back. Not through the glass. Can you not get sunburnt through glass? Can you get a tan through glass? How do the rays get to you through the glass? If I stood in the sun all day but had a piece of glass between me and the sun, I wouldn't get sunburned. How would the greys get to you? When you wear sunglasses, do you get sunburned in the space where your glasses are? Do you get sunburned through clothes? No. (laughs) Okay. You can't get a sunburn through glass. I can't believe this. (laughs) That's my fourth takeaway. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to these places teachmescience.co.uk that's got um, all of our episodes all of our resources we've also got twitter that is at teachmebiocast and on instagram it's at teachmebiologycast drop us an email uh, email on teachmebiologycast at gmail.com also if you would like to you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology all those places are where you can message us or anything like that. So we appreciate, to be honest, we appreciate lots of all different kinds of contact, to be honest. We, any and all. Any and all. We appreciate people that message us to tell us that we've helped them. That's amazing. And we've had a few messages like that. And I will talk about those in a second. But if you wanted to ask any questions, if you were unsure about anything, if you think maybe we've made a mistake when we've described or explained something and you want to correct us and just... Let us know. We can look into it then and we can make corrections to things. If you have done any great revision, because we can put it on our social media and just show off great work you've been doing because that could help someone else in the same way. Anything at all, really. Any questions, anything. We've had a a few questions this week, just people sort of querying how to access past episodes, how to... A really interesting question from Natalie, who actually did buy us a coffee and I was very appreciative of that. Thank you so much. Well done to Natalie for coming forward with a question about something that she was unsure of. I won't go into the detail of it, but it it was a query about the language around condensation reactions. And it was actually a really great question. Hopefully I've helped her out with that. So, yeah, just anything at all. I mean, we will reply, you know, where where we can. Yeah. But yeah, Natalie not only contacted us with a question, she also bought us a coffee. And I appreciate that ever so much. Thanks, Thanks, Natalie. Natalie. There you go. I'm sure she'll appreciate that.
And also, we had a review on Amazon. I saw it on Instagram earlier. Did you like? I didn't physically like it. I liked reading it. That's what I meant. The name on the review is Evil Lynn. And it says, great for learning and revision. Five stars. Oh, nice. This is exactly what I was looking for. Excellent content while presented. The breakdown of the questions and how to answer them at the end is super helpful. So pleased I found this podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you, Evil Lynn. <laughs> it doesn't sound evil to me. <laughs> sounds lovely. Sounds, sounds like a really amazing. nice lady, actually. Absolutely great lady. So I thought that was nice. Also, the tag we had on Twitter where somebody had put a picture of their textbook, uh, the production of ATP. Oh, wow. Um, and had I never said, saw this. And they said, I'm so glad I stumbled upon at Teach Me Biocast last week because this would be going in one eye and out the other. So <laughs> thank you so much for that message. And that is from Alice. Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. What are you guys up to? <laughs> well, yeah, what are you doing, guys? I wish someone could reply. Hi, guys. What are you guys in? Probably just revising if they're listening to this. Probably just revising respiration. I'm going to do a meet-up, a meet-and-greet. Do you think anyone would turn up? (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to a podcast, I won't say which one, but I was listening to a podcast the other day. She said it was their one year, like they'd been podcasting Mm. for a year. And she said, and in my next episode, I think I'm going to do a QA and a episode. So sending you questions to this blah, 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 blah. I looked at the list and there is no Q&A episode. And I felt really sorry for her because I was like, oh, she didn't get any questions or thought of any questions to ask or whatever oh that's really sad and i thought that's really sad we're doing a q a next week no we're uh, not <laughs> <laughs> so send in your questions don't send in oh my what, if you want to send in, in questions, questions send in questions we ask for questions every single week <laughs> so that's fine but... just a q a like as personal <laughs> as you want <laughs> okay i've got to go bye <laughs> oh my god this is still on <laughs> <laughs> This has been Teach Me Biology. My name is Sarah. And and I'm Rhea Corbett. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye.